Hi, my name is Zach Kohler, and welcome to the Costa Client Podcast. Today on our show, we are joined by Alexandra Andrews, a world-class business coach who has worked with thousands of clients across the world, including $100 million businesses and their executive teams, to bring about not only massive change in their business, but in their lives. In this episode, Alex talks about what is coaching and how it can benefit you, and some of the common misconceptions around coaching. Alex, thank you very much for coming here and being interviewed by Cosla. Oh, well, thank you very much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. Please tell us a bit about yourself and um, how you got started in um, coaching and, and what you do. Okay, well, look, I've been a coach for probably around about 13 years now, and uh, I, I sort of feel like I've had a lifetime of being a coach, to be honest, uh, always uh, helping people back in uh, kindergarten. <laughs> but, um, look, yeah. I, I had a, a passion... A passion for it because uh, look I, I, I really love to help people I don't like people to suffer and I think we waste so much time in terms of suffering or negative uh, or limiting beliefs so really for me it was about just every career progression that I've had has always been doing my best to be able to help or train or lead a team of people so it was quite a natural progression to be able to go into coaching so I as I said started it about 13 years ago and uh, you know, I, I keep on learning, I keep on reading, I, I'm, uh, uh, I'm pretty passionate about what I do, but really I love the results that I get for clients. So that's what really stirs me on and uh, I have definitely found uh, my, my elixir of, of life's career. So when you said you were, you were starting in leadership positions and you moved up, what made you want to make that progression to coach? Because I, I believe you had a business before you started coaching and then when, mm-hmm. before you moved into this? Yeah, look, I've done many things, but yes, uh, I had, uh, well, the last one that I that I had that I think you're referring to is an online shop. So what I ended up doing, I yep. created an online shop that basically helped people uh, either organize themselves, relax themselves, uh, motivate themselves. So it was all sort of genres of, of products that could facilitate that behavior, whether it was organizational planners or meditation music or, um, you know, anything that uh, could could get people to use something to be able to f- facilitate a change. So I did that and, I, and that was great. The thing was my coaching business took off and I couldn't do both. I couldn't physically do both. So I ended up selling it, which was fantastic. So I did that. And uh, and then I think it was, it was more for me going into just that coaching um, to streamline what I was doing. The products were great, but you don't have that one-on-one connection with people and you can't see what they're doing with it and how it's going. So it was a no-brainer. I, I ended up just, you know, being able to sell that and just go straight into, you know, uh, more concentrated uh, practice of, of one-on-ones. And also, you know, I, I go into a lot of um, uh, corporations and, and do all the executives' uh, teams, and it, it's fantastic. So, yeah, enjoying that. Yeah. So it sounds like um, helping people and really, like, helping people succeed has always been a passion of yours. Um, has that always been the case or was it something that you, as you work through in your career path, you realized was your passion? Like how, how did that come about? How did you know what was your calling? Like, cause I know a lot of people struggle with finding what they want to do in life and, and where they want to go, but it sounds like you've really fallen into that. And I'm just really curious about how, how that happened. Mm. Actually, it, it is a good question because it, it's really intimidating for a lot of people to ask, you know, oh, what's my calling? But I think basically things that you get excited about. 
So, you know, there are different things that we do within a day in whatever job we're in. And there are some things that we're really wanting to do because we're very motivated to do them and things that we're dragging our feet with. So it's really identifying what it is that, you know, you, you, you know, sparks joy that you actually think, oh yeah, I love doing a bit of it. And it's, it's fine tuning what it is. So for me, it was the fact that when I can, you know, when, when I'm doing something myself, if somebody's not quite sure how to do that, it actually excites me to be able to sit down and, and get them, you know, um, up to speed with what they have to do. And also what was really interesting is you can see basically by giving people the one-on-one -on -one time, depending on their personality characteristics, but you can see how people just absolutely blossom where you give them a little bit of, of, of timed um, coaching, let's say, and they're, they're able to achieve what they're doing. And it gives them fulfillment, and therefore they're going to do much better at what they're doing and gives you a great team, you know, team that work together in, in cohesion. So uh, I think it was, it was primarily me just getting excited after I do that and seeing people succeed. That is the biggest thrill of all to have that. And honestly, I, I have the best job because I have people always going, oh my God, this was fantastic. And they're constantly trying to celebrate their wins. And that's the best job because you do actually get to be involved in their wins. So for me, it's, it's all about the excitement factor. And that's where I knew coaching in those sort of roles is exactly where I needed to be because it did spark that joy within me. What do you think like when you're working with a client that say hasn't quite found where they want to be and they might be in a job that they hate or even in a business that they, that they dislike and they started it maybe for, for, for uh, other reasons like money and things like that. How, what, what advice could you give someone who's trying to find that? You said about um, trying to find those things that excite you, um, but how do you find something that's going to also be sustainable uh, for that person? Do you know what I mean? Like if for, for economic reasons and things like that. Mm. Well, it is interesting, and I've got so many case studies that I could literally talk about, but it's really interesting, and, and I'm going to use this example. I had a lady come to me who was absolutely sick of her career, uh, was really bored at it, tired, just didn't want to do it anymore. And uh, anyway, she really wanted to change or she didn't know exactly what that was. But after two sessions, what we actually rediscovered for her is that she did love her job. It was her that was actually stale. Yep. Okay, because that job fit in perfectly with her characteristics and what ended up happening is by, by pulling it all apart and working out what her strengths and what she enjoyed. And again, remember I said to you, it's about the joy. It's about that spark that you have. When she talked about certain things, there was, there was joy, there was spark. She was so good at what she did. She was just bored of it because she was doing it for so long. But it was actually realigning her with her, her greater calling on that. So this is a woman, and this was fantastic. She ended up not being, so it was almost counterintuitive. Instead of pulling back and going, I don't really like this anymore, we got her to go forward and do more and to interact more and to have more connections with, with her clients. So it actually gave her some energy. So in something like that, she came for one reason and ended up with something totally different. So really coaching is about sometimes not what you think you need, meaning you might be thinking, oh, I'm stale or I don't like this or I don't have that calling. But when we discover you and that personal power, you actually work out what's really going to align with them. And sometimes we actually kid ourselves or we have limiting beliefs or fear 
or boredom or something that's going on that's thinking that's making us feel like we don't want to be doing something and that goes on for anybody's job as well by the way because you'll have executives that are under so much pressure they don't want to be doing it but you release the pressure and then suddenly get them to enjoy their jobs again it's fantastic and then they're they're excited again because anyone who's doing well or serving a purpose in their job actually likes their job but it's when we're not filling those categories so it's about aligning people with with their joys and i can hear that as a coach and it's really interesting because when people are talking they're not actually hearing themselves they're talking just in the way they would talk i listen without any any filter so I'm listening and I'm looking out for inflections and, and personality in that where something is, is joyful and whether something is, is quite heavy. And that is what I can reflect without even people realizing what they're doing. So for a coach, it's actually very easy to sort of work out what alignment people need to be in. So I hope that it sort of answers the question, but th there are so many facets in terms of that, but it's really listening and looking out for people's spark. That's, that's what it is. And also just finding out um, where their, their, their true authenticity is within the job that they're in or wanting to go into. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So um, it's like if someone goes into a, into a job or into a position, they start off, they, they always love, they might love it, but then they get bored of it. They might become um, like, they might not be reconnected with why they started the purpose or why they're actually there. It becomes sort of mundane and they get, they get used to it. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Look, I had uh, another gentleman who who um, is is very good at his job, but absolutely hates it, and he's in quite a, a power, um, you know, powerful position. And what we worked out was mm -hmm. he was literally living in reaction. So his days were just reacting to people coming in and people, you know, needing things from him. He wasn't actually getting his work done, so he was feeling like he wasn't serving a purpose, and he wasn't getting, you know, let, let's call it the the tick off of his job. So when we actually worked out about reorganizing and reprioritizing for him, we could give him a mixture of both. Now that sounds quite easy, but sometimes we just feel, no, I, you're so attached to helping people. No, I need to. If I don't help them, they don't know and they won't be able to go off and do their work. But what you're actually doing is empowering them to do better, okay? And setting your boundaries, because yeah. once you set your boundaries, then they can actually thrive. But so can so can you know the the people in that position. But this particular uh, gentleman that I had, uh, when we could do that for him, he started to love his job again. And it was quite simple in a sense, but he couldn't see it. And he was so adamantly tied to what he was doing was correct because he was serving a purpose for everybody else, but he just wasn't getting the satisfaction that he needed. How how do you connect with someone? Um, obviously, it'll be case by case basis. But like, how would you connect someone back with their their reason? If someone's sitting at uh, at home right now, they don't like their job, and they're listening to this. Um, what would be something that they could do to to look and find those sparks? Because when you're in those positions, it might seem very very gloomy and doesn't seem like there's any hope. Until you, until you get a coach to sort of bring those things out of you, something someone could do right now to, to sort of see what they can find those things that excite them and, and find what they reconnect with their their why and why they started something. Mm. Well, look, you know, the first thing that comes to mind straight away is if you're in a bad mood or you're feeling down, don't go and have a, a change of life's purpose in that in that state. Because when we're, you know, and you, we all know this, when you're on holidays, when you're in that creative space, we know that anything's possible. 
okay so if you're in a bad state that is not the time where you're going to get beautiful inspiration about what you want to do so the first thing I would recommend to people is get out of the state you're in go for a swim into cold water uh, go jog go exercise change you know your your whole state get into a higher state uh, because then you're going to be more philosophical. You'll be more magic wand moments where, okay, what's possible? I could do anything. But if you're going to beat your head, uh, you know, your head against the wall by feeling down and then trying to come up with amazing inspiration, it's just it just doesn't work. And so that's why initially I would say to people, just change your state. Okay, now it might be simpler said than done. However, anybody can go. If, if I said to you guys, you know, go and jump in the water and do do three laps, do you think you'd come back more energized and, and change state? You would. It's invigorating, yeah. It's you're yeah. alive. And yeah. we want you to be alive first. So we really need to look at the whole of you. So I'd be looking at your state. I'd be looking at how much exercise you do, what goes into your mouth, because all of these things create the state that you're in. You need to look after you first, and then what we do is, and, and by, like, you know, with coaching, we get to see this. So we ask, like, everything that I ask in, in our first sort of discovery call literally gives me, it, whether it's what they say, it's what they don't say, it's their breathing, it's, it's, it's the way they use their inflections in their voice. I can tell so much about a person where they they don't they wouldn't know what I'm doing, but I'm listening out for absolutely everything. So in terms, I wouldn't get people. I'd be working on the whole of them first, just before we get into that. And that's just a quick thing. After one or two uh, phone calls, we can get a very good idea of that. But that's what I would recommend for anybody at home: is really create a little bit of a of a, 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 a different state into something more positive, so that you can be more inspired by what could be possible yeah that, that's really interesting going on something you said before you said when, when people come to you initially they they might have a specific idea of what they want out of a coach um, but a lot of times they, they come there with uh, with certain assumptions or, or certain things to solve but then they end up it, it sometimes where well, a good coach will turn it around and um, and really look at the, the whole and it might not be the same thing they're looking at what are some of the things that people misunderstand about when they coming to a coach or what are some mistakes that people make when they come to a coach um, for example well, it depends on the motivation for coming to a coach. So some people are um, given a coach uh, in terms of a work situation. And uh, and to give you a really funny story, I had a gentleman who, uh, anyway, the board thought it would be great for him to have a coach. The two directors were going to have coaches. And so he came on to the, uh, the, our first uh, call and he was very much talking about all his successes and how fantastic he was and how he does this and that and the other and we literally had the first half an hour of that session saying how fantastic he was in fact it was hard for me to get a word in which is really quite a feat let me tell yeah. you but he he was just and it was fantastic he, it was wonderful all the things that he achieved Anyway, by the time we got on to the next phone call, it was, and I could see he was starting off again into that monologue, I had to stop him. And in a very polite way, I basically just outlined to him what took him this far is not going to take him the rest of the way. And it was literally me just giving him the monologue of everything that I picked up in reflection of what he was saying. And I think I went on without stopping for about 10 minutes. And then he just chuckled. <laughs> And he said to me, have you been speaking to my wife? 
<laughs> and that's where I knew, okay, good. So there's truth in it. So you really do pick up this. Now, that, that client is somebody that I have to this day. And, uh, and, and it was interesting because I called him out on it. Okay, and this is what goes on in terms yeah. of that. Now, uh, otherwise, if people come to me, um, well, usually what they want is that they're, they're sick. Something has been like a tipping point. They're sick of some situation they're in. They're sick of not knowing. They need to do something, but they're not quite sure of what it is they do. And so they'll come to a coach. And honestly, anybody who comes to me, I already admire because it's the fact that we feel we need somebody else. Now, if you feel you need somebody else or that somebody else could help you, that's brilliant because it's the first sign of saying, I'm not perfect. I would like to be, you know, have somebody hold me accountable to be a better person, to have a better life. And sometimes we need to do it, you know, like I would even love, I even have a coach because when it's our own stuff, we sometimes can't see past it. We're so stuck in our stories that we can't see what it is that we're liking or wanting. So people usually come because of something that's happened in their life or they know that they need to make a change, but it's usually, you know, what we call that tipping point. And so, and obviously a lot of my clients, or actually most of my clients are from recommendation, and that is where people say, oh my God, this is what happened, and they had a result from it, and so they talk about it, which is fantastic. But uh, it's usually the fact that then people think, that's exactly what I want. Yeah, so the thing that drives people to come to you is generally a tipping point, when, they, when they've sort of put up with something enough, or they've gotten to that point, then they come and see you. What would you recommend to, to people? Like, is, is that when you recommend people to come to you, when they've reached that point? Or do you think people could come see you like earlier? No. Like, what are some of the other reasons <laughs> why someone might come and get a coach? Yeah, look, I think, I think sometimes, um, you know, in our life, there are certain points where we get a bit stale. And if you can identify, if you could be emotionally intelligent enough to be aware that I'm getting a bit stale or I've been doing something repeatedly for the same amount of time or I keep making myself promises that I keep on going back on. Uh, I, I start off, you know, the wonderful thing of the new year. Okay, I'll start off doing a health regime and I don't follow through. If you know you're that type of person where you probably don't live your best life you haven't actually taken that and what we call it that two millimeter shift of of trying to increase things make things a bit better if you feel like you're a bit stale then it's a great understanding to say you know what i just need to get past myself and just even have a reflection of what's going on so sometimes i have people who come and just see me for a few sessions to put them back on the straight and narrow or to be able to just realign their purpose or realign you know what's really important to them so it's better to come proactively instead of reacting then to the fact that i've had a crisis so whether it's you know relationship loss of job um, you know pregnancy uh, whatever it is there are so many catalysts for that what's great is to, to be aware of where you're feeling stale and you're on that repeat and letting yourself down because I think once you let yourself down or even a team down or you feel that you're second-guessing yourself within a leadership role you probably want to you know proactively seek somebody out just to be able to exactly tell them what's going on so that it can be reflected and unraveled. And, and sometimes it doesn't take too long. I mean, I, a lot of my executives and business clients have been with me for, for almost the whole time I've been coaching. And you might say to yourself, okay, so what's more to coach? It's the fact that they're emotionally intelligent enough to be aware that what they're thinking, what they're doing, there's accountability, there's self-reflection. There's also calling people out on making decisions based on ego. 
So, you know, that that's actually quite a big one because whether you're in that leadership role, you're running a company, you're selling a company, coming from an ego point of view, whilst it can be beneficial in certain ways, it can also shoot you in the foot as well. So it's really keeping accountable on what decisions people are making. I'm not telling them what to do, but I'm uncovering what they really do wanna do or what really is going to be correct for them. So it's really just keeping them accountable and reflecting certain things that go on and decision-making processes so that they make the best decision for themselves and the company. You talked about the, the two millimeter shift uh, can you explain that to people that don't quite understand what that means? Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, and I think uh, Tony Robbins actually coined that phrase. Uh, well, I presume, I don't know if he got it from somewhere else before, but what it is, you know, in life when we talk about the whole mundaneness of life and how it's the ho-hum of what we're doing, by never challenging yourself, okay, because there's fear, it's too hard, whatever that is, by, by not challenging yourself, you actually don't grow. And that's what life's about. It's about growing in whatever area that is. So when we say two millimeter shifts, that's not a big deal. If I said to you, right, you know, you're at A and I need to get you to Z, you'll be thinking, oh my God, that's too overwhelming. How on earth would I get there? But two millimeter shifts are just a small little incremental shift upwards to increase anything that you're doing. So let's just say it's, it's, it's exercise. Okay, let's just say that. Well, yeah, I go to the gym, you know, three times a week and that, that's great and I'm really happy with that. But you might say, okay, you know what, I'm gonna put a stretching class in there too. Or I'm going to start um, you know, doing yoga in there as well. It's about increasing something to do with that because they're all activities that are going to increase your mindset, your state, and be able to challenge you to something else. It might even be picking up a, um, a district sport, you know, doing something with a team. So it's about little shifts that you can make that are not overwhelming that are going to increase the quality of your life or work, okay? And that, that's what it's about. It's about actually not sitting still. And when we get complacent, we don't grow until something makes us grow and we don't want that. So by making the two millimeter shifts, basically proactively gets us to engage in all areas of life. And I mean two millimeter shifts, not just in work, not just in, in, in home life, in, it, it, it's everything. It's about your own personal growth. It's about your romance, your friends, your family, your finances, you know, the health, even fun and recreation. When I, when I ask people to even rate fun and recreation, people laugh at that and go, oh, you know, I don't have time for that. But it is very important because when we're doing things that bring joy and get, get, get us to laugh, it again, you know, increases our energy. We're engaged in life and creativity comes from that moment. So, you know, but when we talk about this, we want, we want all areas. So it's, it's about actually identifying what that is and, and, and having the shift in every area so that we do have that beautiful, we talk about the elusive work-life balance, but it absolutely is obtainable. You mentioned that like things like fun and recreation, um, I'm sure a lot of the people that come come to you are probably very uh, driven individuals who are looking to, to progress their lives and things like that. There's there's something that um, that I know you, you talk about, which is like the uh, the wheel of life, which is having balance in all these different mm -hmm. areas. A lot of people are probably sitting thinking, oh no, I only need to succeed in my finances. You know, if I, I want to make a lot of money, I want to progress my career, and they might drop um, drop things like fun and recreation or even relationships and things like that. Can you sort of explain why it's important to have um, balance in your life and how that might even help someone drive to become even more successful than they could be if they were just focused in one area? Mm. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, what's really interesting, and I say this repeatedly, what you do in one area of your life 
you will do in every area of your life. You just It's just not a problem for you. So, you know, you might say, actually, it was really interesting. I did have a, a gentleman who did this. He was um, a, a, an executive, um, a CFO, and he just wanted to focus on work. And, you know, he was, I could see he was quite stressed and we un, unpacked a whole lot of stuff, but there was more going on. And what we discovered was the home life wasn't fantastic, but he needed to concentrate on work because that was bringing in the income and he felt that that's what needed attention because it was bringing in income to support the family, the kids, the schools, etc. But the greatest joy came from when I challenged him to absolutely make changes in his personal growth and also his romance. And I fundamentally saw a shift in this gentleman's attitude with work and at home. So really what we did was we improved both situations, but he only gave priority to one of them because he felt, well, that was important. And so what I end up saying in a lot of cases is the fact that when you improve the work-life situation, like so that balance is more, well, balanced, it doesn't have to be perfect, but just to be in, in, in a lot more alignment, then it helps every area. And that's what people don't don't realize. They're very, you know, some of them have very narrow vision of this is the only thing that I need to be doing. So they're going to uh, feel like they need to focus, but very quickly they can see exactly why a certain area that I'll get them to go into is exactly what they need. So it is very important. Uh, as I said, it does enhance every area, not just the one that they think is important. Uh, well, that was absolutely fantastic, Alex. That was that really helpful. I feel like uh, a lot of people can take away a lot from that, really understanding um, when, what it was like to come to a coach, weigh out what it works, and really finding balance around um, every aspect of life to help them succeed in whatever area they want to do and solve those specific problems, even if it's a different solution to what they were expecting coming in. So if people were going to find you um, and want to reach out to you, where would they go? Uh, they could just go to my website, uh, which is www.alexandraandrews.com.au. And, uh, and as I said, just get onto that and it has my contact details. Uh, and look, honestly, I, I, I think that uh, I, I always recommend, you know, and, and I will say this to you, uh, that anybody, you know, which, whoever, whichever coach you would like to use, make sure you've got a good rapport with them. You're going to hear their energy and you're going to connect with them. You really need to make that a fundamental part of when you're looking for a coach. Whether someone comes to me or whether they go to somebody else is not a problem. Have rapport. You know, know that you're going to be looked after and that someone's coming to you with certainty, okay? Because it is very important to feel very cradled and, and looked after in, in a coaching, uh, you know, relationship. But obviously, you know, I'd love to, to have people come to me, uh, but, uh, you know, people are recommended to different people. Uh, and that's the only thing that I could recommend is, is really just check out the report. Just give them a quick call before. Yeah, totally agree. It's definitely important to have that connection with your coach and also make sure that they're going to be able to hold you accountable and there's that respect there. So Absolutely. In a, in a, in a, very, in a very kind way in a very kind way but very firm way <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, th yeah. That, that's for sure awesome yeah. well thank you very very much uh, and that concludes this episode we hope you've enjoyed this podcast if you have any questions or would like to book a discovery call with Alex please visit her website at alexanderandrews.com or if you'd like to find out more about Cosla and how we can help your business visit our website at cosla.com.au 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of the episodes in the future. And we hope to see you again. Bye.